Welcome to the Driving Dentistry Forward podcast, where successful dental pros and anyone who values the power of a smile can get an edge in the dynamic worlds of healthcare and business. Hosts Chuck Cohen and Rick Cohen speak with top influencers in the world of dentistry and explore essential tools, trends worth your time, and solutions that help you practice smarter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the podcast we're in, where we interview some of the most exciting young dentists in America. Today, I am very honored and flattered to be with Dr. Keanu Shaw, Palm Desert, California, one of the movers and shakers in dentistry across the United States. Dr. Shaw, welcome. Thank you very much for being here today. Thank you, Mr. Cohen, for having me. Much appreciated. Oh, please call me Chuck. No worries. All good. I, I didn't go to dental school. I don't have a title. Thank you. Um, so, Dr. Shaw, tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up, where you're from, and how you ended up as a dentist in Palm Desert. I grew up in uh, Germany, mostly around Frankfurt area, where I went to high school and then uh, undergrad, uh, Western Illinois University. Went from a very uh, uh, metropolitan area to an area where it was more of fishing and hunting and that kind of thing. And uh, dental school in Southern, uh, Southern Illinois University. Then um, after a few years of private practice in Illinois and owning some offices, uh, we moved to California for additional fellowships and other training that I've conducted and getting an MBA in California when we moved out here. Oh, that's great. Not a lot of dentists have an MBA and a DDS, so congratulations. That's great. Um, you're very involved in this project around the top dentists around the world. Can you talk about that a little bit? That's, I find that fascinating. Yeah, it's more, we see it more as a movement versus a conventional recognition list. It's um, 100 uh, annually, would select from starting in dentistry in the last two years, we would select the biggest movers and shakers that are doing uh, projects that are of benefit to other doctors. It's uh, based on the blockchain concept that goes on in the financial sector, where we're trying to create a three-pronged academic, administrative, and financial approach between doctors and uh, uh, it has uh, taken, uh, it has grown very, very rapidly and very exponentially. And uh, that's, uh, that's one of the verticals uh, that we bring them together, sort of a ma mastermind group and uh, projects develop out of those groups and ideas come out of those groups. And it's a very nice uh, way of also having some camaraderie with our colleagues. And how many years have you been doing that? We started the doctor to doctor concept right around 2013, where blockchain, I was involved in, fin the, in the fintech sector, and I was looking at the model of blockchain and how it was exploding, and the bank started buying into it. Uh, it was a sort of a two-party scenario where, doc where, 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 where people collaborated, one was lending, one was borrowing, and it was all done directly without all of the third parties and the fees and all that that uh, comes with it. And it was very lean. So I thought maybe we could bring this into healthcare and eliminate all of the extra that's out there to be, you know, better off financially, academically, and so on. Gotcha. And so, so you've been doing it since 2013. Is it generally the same doctors who are on the list, or do you have a different list every year? And if so, how, do, how does that list get selected? The list was the first one came out for 2020. We launched it on January 1, 2020. That's great. The years before we were preparing what is now of 22 different uh, D2D doctor to doctor projects that are ongoing, easily to find on any social media platform with a hashtag doctor to doctor. So this year will be five different classes. 
um, 100 doctors each. And uh, the selection criteria, we have a very uh, nice system of chairs and regions, um, and also a dream team group of uh, 75 doctors that are in the background helping, organizing, sharing. Um, and the dream team sort of nominates, anybody can nominate, but a lot of the nominations that are coming out of the dream team. And then we collect those, we separate them categorically, and then they get reviewed by the regents. And then we make the selections based on various criteria, continuing education, research. Um, you don't have to be clinically practicing, uh, innovation, um, anything that, that benefits doctors and patients, uh, humanitarian work. So there's a lot of criteria we look for, but uh, ultimately we're looking for uh, uh, doctors that have taken a leadership role within the supply chain and uh, can help us expand this operation. Wow, that's, that's very exciting. It must be a great network, networking opportunity. So well done. And anything that gets dentists talking to each other, I think is always valuable. So well done. Very cool. The dentist down the street is not our enemy. Of course not. I keep saying that. And I, I think most dentists understand that, but not every dentist. Um, let's get back a little bit to your career and your practice. Um, tell us a little bit about your practice in Palm Desert. Um, I think you've got a fairly large practice in Palm Desert. Talk about that a little bit. Actually, I used to have large practices. Uh, I do better out of two chairs now than I did out of 30 with uh, 12 doctors and 90 some employees uh, back in Illinois. I focus more on my patients. Now I do full mod rehabilitations. So two chairs, three days a week. Um, do better doing that than working six days a week uh, with 30 chairs and 12 doctors financially. And, and, you know, a lot of people ask me how, and it's all about giving this patients the care that they really seek taking time with them. They observe and they know when you're running from room to room doing anesthesia and coming back. And in my model, 10 patients maximum a day, listen to everything they have to say, stay with them for the whole appointment, schedule them, understand their issues, schedule them for a big day for treatment and get to work. Um, and they love it. They become friends, they leave great reviews. Uh, it uh, works out pretty good. That's fabulous. Um Talk a little about your obstacles. Um, everyone has obstacles in their career, in their journey. What are some of the obstacles that you've encountered and how did you get around them or over them or through them? When I got out of dental school, I was very naive in business. Business is a little uh, uh, art and talent of its own. There are certain rules in business that uh, emotions and feelings and those kind of things have to be sometimes put aside to make the best business choices. When we come out of dental school, we're all in a fantasy state of, perfect practice and benevolence and uh, autonomy and all the things that we learned there are necessarily of what goes down in the, the private sector. So um, that MBA really helped me. And actually, um, I wish I would have gotten with more senior colleagues to take their advice and learn from their mistakes. I could have saved millions at the early stages of No doubt. And I, I find that's definitely true. Learn from other people's mistakes, learn from other people's investments, things have worked well, haven't worked well. What's one of the things you've learned from others by watching others that you've adopted in your own career and your own uh, your own profession? Well, I have seen, uh, I practiced uh, after I came to California in some 300 different offices. Uh, that was my thing uh, to travel and do all the endo and oral surgery. And then at nighttime, I would do the MBA. And every one has a unique scenario. Uh, so I got to really interact with them. Some of them are in their 60s and are going to work probably till the end of time for them. Some of them are in their 50s and they're settled. Their student loans are paid off. They have their house and cars paid off. So 
it's very unique and interesting to learn what financial decisions they made in their lives and their careers to get there and their struggles. So um, some struggle with uh, the debt and, and, and not having people to turn into and that results in, in problems at home and substance abuse and mental problems. And so it was really nice to see it. My suggestion would be never uh, keep it inside, actually reach out and then learn. But personal financial decisions are going to make it for you when you wake up, when you're in your 60s. It's either going to be um, somewhere comfortable or you're going to be in the clinic doing denture adjustments. So true. Go ahead. Sorry. But you, you, you having dealt with uh, and, uh, and, and, and uh, conducted uh, a transaction with tens of thousands of dentists out there, you know, you know better than I what, uh, what happens to a lot of them. I mean, you see good stories and you see bad stories. I like what you just said. I think if I could summarize it in a few words, it's ask for help. Get some experts. There's a lot of advice out there, but I do think the, and I do think my observation is the dentists who do well tend to be the ones who find the right place to get advice, ask the right people, and then they listen. And then there are other ones who either ask the wrong people or don't spend enough time researching it or don't listen. And they end up usually with a bad outcome. It's it, uh, fate has a way of um, really working its way out. You know? um, so you've accomplished a lot at a very young age. You know, what advice would you give young dentists who are getting out of dental school today? Uh, your career path has been very interesting. The MBA, the traveling dentist in California, running a big operation in Illinois. You've had a lot of experiences. What kind of advice would you give to um, those dentists who are just graduating dental school? Maybe Find a balance early on. A balance meaning a balance between continuing education, whatever is going on at home, and whatever is going on at the office. If you go too much in one direction, the other two are gonna suffer. Uh, so you have to find a balance. Some some guys that came out would just go every weekend to continue education, keep give me, give me, give me, give me, right? But then at home, they would have problems, uh, kids, family. So it's it's very prudent to have a balance in life. It's not a, it's not a race. You're gonna fall down maybe 10 times, but you're gonna get back up if you have balance. If you don't have balance, there's a chance you're gonna stay down. That's good. What are some of the things that you've done to get that balance in your life? Um, I uh, started doing the six-day practicing a week. Uh, I was like, wow, why are they all sitting on their butts? I can make so much money just working, 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 right? Um, that uh, wasn't good. I like to practice three days. I like to do a couple of days, other businesses uh, that I'm operating, two, three days. like to spend more time with my family. You know, I don't take the laptop home i don't do clinical notes at home when the time shuts down it's time to shut down um the office and attend to other obligations that we have in life so uh it's a it's a progress for everyone it's different you know some people are into working out some in the morning some in the afternoon i still walk i get all of my ideas and things that i do walking the mountains you know regularly a couple of miles uh Sometimes when I can before practice, if I don't make it after practice, but I get up there and that's where all these ideas come about. And my next, I get to reflect up on my next move or, or the next thing that I want to do and then do the extrapolations. It's lovely to walk or run or, or work out. You get that uh, sort of uh, sort of energy that you need to get through, um, through all the challenges. Well, and you live in a great place to do that. You know, Palm Desert is so gorgeous. So just getting out and walking clears your head and it's a, you're, that's a wonderful advantage that you have, there's no doubt. Um, so what advice would you have for other dentists maybe who are farther along in their careers, maybe in their, in their 30s, and uh, they want to get some of the recognition that you've gotten and become a 40 under 40 or build an extra business or something? What, what should they do uh, at that point in their careers? They've been practicing for five or 10 years. 
that have been, they have to really assess where they are in their careers after five years. A lot of dentists that I know want to practice for so long and they want to be able to practice as, as a hobby, not that they have to, but just to practice to keep the hand skills going. If you have reached the, the, the time where you're stable, you've uh, gotten a little further in life, maybe you got a place, you got you know, some of your overhead covered, you're tending to your student loans, wife or husband is pretty happy. I think it's time to start looking at challenges around you. This I have multiple patents. Uh, and the way I did that is I was looking for things that annoyed me in the office or at home or whatever it is, right? Once you identify what annoys you, then you start looking at solutions. Because somewhere along the line, somebody missed something, always. Nothing stays, everything goes obsolete, right? So find problems around you, get solutions to them. If it's not, if it's a product, uh, it's one thing, if it's a service, if you want to do something better than somebody does, start a company and start slow. You know, I started building offices year out of school in Kmart and then Meyer and massive uh, large box retail settings. And, and I was going too fast. Sometimes the base has to be very strong before you can get that tower up. So the foundation has to be strong before you take the next step. So that would be my recommendations. If you're at that stage, start looking for residual income, other projects, and set yourself up for success uh, when time comes to wake up that day when you're 60. And I, I love that idea of find problems to solve, right? Isn't that what all of us do as dentists? You're looking at a patient's mouth, you're looking in your cavity, you're finding the problems to solve. And I think you've just taken that idea and made it a little bit broader and say, okay, what are the things that are problems in your life and your practice and the way you practice dentistry that really annoy you? And then how can you go out and solve those problems for yourself and for others, right? And I think that's, that's wonderful advice. So many, of, so many great inventions and companies have been founded just based on someone saying, I have a problem and I'd like to solve it. And when you start solving problems and you start getting out and teaching and, and then learning one and doing one and teaching one, then people nominate you for things like the top 40 and other things. It just happens to happen naturally. That's wonderful. Um, so talk about, about some of your personal inspirations in dentistry. Who are some of the people that have inspired you uh, and taught you and you look at their career and you say, wow, that's, that's someone I want to emulate. So my thing was I was going to all of these different courses when I got out of school and one day I ended up in, in a Mish course and Dr. Carl Mish, he just stroked me as a, as a God. I was young out of school. The guy has written so many books. He's all over the place. So I clinged on and I made friends with him and I went to more courses of his and, and kept following him. Dr. Mish was a great inspiration for me. So find that, uh, find that, uh, that person that you look up to and then just uh, don't look back. That, that's really great. And, and boy, I think Carl Mish would be, Carl Mish is a great legendary role model. You know, a lot, I think a lot of dentists have been, you know, students of Dr. Mish for years, certainly a fine, upstanding guy and really a creative mind as far as implants are concerned. So you, that's, that's a, re, he's a real good one to have picked. Yes, that uh, is how it all started for me. So one more question, and then we'll, we'll call it an interview. Um, tell me or tell everybody or, or share with everybody, what's your number one goal between now and when you're, let's say, 60 as a, an arbitrary number? What Going forward, what is the number one thing you want to accomplish? I would like to uh, create this system with the help of my colleagues to impact the entire healthcare industry, not just domestically, but internationally. That's awesome. Thank you. Dr. Shaw, thank you very much. Uh, 
everybody, Dr. Kanu Shaw, great to have you. Palm Desert, California, a new member of our 40 Under 40 Club. Thank you very much for spending the time today, and thanks for sharing your thoughts. Really appreciate your time, Chuck. Thanks for listening in. Don't want to miss an episode of the Driving Dentistry Forward podcast? Subscribe today on your favorite podcast app.